Well, welcome back to the Social World Podcast. I'm Dave Niven, and I'm delighted that you've joined us again after the summer break. I mean, I had to take a break after 10 years, but now I feel fairly refreshed and still as passionate as ever about the subjects that we've covered. And I hope this is the start of another 10 years. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Anyway, today I've got a special guest, as usual, but this one's a very special guest, somebody I've known for a long time. This is Professor Ray Jones, who's uh, Emeritus Professor at Kingston University and St George's, that's the uh, University of London. And Ray's also recently completed, and putting his feet up for a little bit, I hope, a huge 14, 16-month, I can't remember which one it was, review And he was the lead independent reviewer for this Northern Ireland independent review into children's social care. It's reported, it's recommended, I think it's about 50 odd recommendations. And we're going to talk about that as we go. But before that, Ray, a very warm welcome. Good to be with you, David. Okay. Listen, I've known you, as I said, for quite some time and therefore know a lot about what you've done, how you've got here. But just in a bit of a nutshell, would you like to sort of tell people a little bit about your professional sort of career? Okay, well, it goes back a long way. Uh, <laughs> I started in residential work as what was then called an assistant warden in a mental health hostel, age 1718, way back in 1968 in Cornwall, which is where I come from, uh, and then went on to qualify as a social worker and my professional identity is as a social worker, which mm-hmm. is a practitioner in generic teams, uh, within social services, within local authorities in the uh, 1970s. Uh, and then uh, was a lecturer in social work at Bath University for six years, where I'd also um, qualified in the uh, late 1960s, early 1970s. Uh, ran a um, team of social workers, an area team in Wiltshire, quite a big team, uh, 26, 27, 28 people, uh, social workers, social assistants, occupational therapists, home care organisers, a nursery and child minding registration officers uh, and uh, home care, home health organisers. Uh, and we had a patch of about um, uh, 30,000 population uh, and um, really special time because we felt that we were really embedded within the community, knew what was going on to some extent within that community and mm. were a major resource within that community. Okay. So I really enjoyed that job. Uh, then I worked for Venados for a time, and then went through the management structures, uh, senior management structures within local government, a divisional director in Surrey, deputy director and director of operations in Berkshire, and then for 14 years, the director of social services in Wiltshire, and that included Swindon for a part of its time as well, before mm-hmm. it became independent. Uh, and then after that, uh, for half of my time, I was a professor in London, as you were noting just now, at Kingston University and um, St George's, the medical school at Tooting. And for the other half of my time, the government um, parachuted me into areas which were seen to be struggling in terms of Ofsted ratings for their children's services. And I did You've that. You've kind of been used as a bit of a troubleshooter, haven't you? Well, I, I did that between 2010 and 2016. I've also led inquiries into the deaths of children, disabled adults uh, as well at different times. Uh, and uh, by 2016, I think I was so out of sorts with the Department for Education and the government in terms of what was happening, I'd gone beyond the pale, really. Uh, and that um, uh, troubleshooting role, advisory role, maybe, uh, ended. Uh, but I continued to write books. And um, then uh, about uh, a couple of years ago, would be a couple of years ago now, I was asked if I would undertake the um, 
independent review of children's social care in Northern Ireland, which I did between February last year, 2022, uh, and the report was published in June this year, a couple of months ago, 2023. So well, uh, there's 53 recommendations, is that right? I can't remember the number, David, but I know within within the recommendations, there are some which are more important than others. And um, the uh, position now in Northern Ireland is that um, they're preparing a consultation on the recommendations in the review. Uh, and hopefully, despite the difficulties in Northern Ireland in relation to the absence of a political executive to take strategic decisions, political decisions, uh, some progress might be made. I saw it was mostly well received, Ray. I'm sure I saw that. I didn't see any negatives, you know. Well, I'm sure there's not everyone that would agree with it, uh, but uh, I think there is a recognition that things need to be a bit different uh, and that the direction that's being pointed at as a possible way forward in the review seems mm. to make some sense. So uh, hopefully uh, there will be progress. I mean, look, it's a job needed doing, yeah? It, it's, well, it needed some kind of a lot of refreshment and a lot of attention. I, that's my impression of what of what happened. Is that right? Well, I think if you look across the UK, if you look at Scotland, mm. Wales, mm. England, as well as Northern Ireland, uh, there's been a direction of travel over the last 20 or so years, which has taken us into a bit of an impasse, to be honest. Uh, and every nation at the moment across the UK, and maybe some other places in the world as well, is struggling. Uh, they're struggling to keep up with uh, what's increasingly being defined as child protection activity, it's actually skewing the role of social work and social workers. Um, yes. We're ending up being risk assessors and risk managers. It's leading to more children being compulsory removed from their families. And somewhere along the line, we seem to have lost that um, fundamental um, responsibility that we have, which is not only to protect children, but to assist children uh, and families to uh, uh, live together. Uh, yeah. And we have lost that territory to some extent in terms of family support. It's moved away from social work. It's left to the voluntary uh, and community sectors, really important sectors, but with insecure funding. And social workers themselves have become trapped, both in adult services as well as children's services, in terms of risk management. Uh, and I think there's some ground to be reclaimed there in terms of what social work really should be about. What's your judgment about the likelihood of any reclamation um, within the foreseeable future? given the kind of, not just the political, but the whole kind of um, social financial structure going on at the moment as well? Well, uh, the ground is not fertile. Um, if we look at what happened with the England Review, which um, was published um, uh, not so long ago, uh, mm. it was described as a once-in-a-lifetime review, and yet it's landed on territory where it's likely not to sprout um, much in terms of change. Uh, because of the um, political ideology and the political context in which it's landed, an ideology which tends to blame families for um, uh, poverty, uh, which leaves children uh, stranded in terms of increasing poverty and with professionals across public services, uh, in health services, education, teaching, policing, uh, social work, uh, are seen as um, incompetent and uh, not worthy of well being well resourced. Uh, and that is not yeah. fertile ground for what we need to achieve. But we have to change the narrative. We have to change the script. We have to change our understanding. Uh, and not just our understanding, but uh, go out and um, tell the story to uh, the wider world to change the understanding there. Yeah. So we have yeah. to actually create a different vision of what it could be like. Uh, and that's one of our tasks. Well, like, I mean, you know, you know me well enough to know that that's you, you're sort of 
standing right beside one of my kind of passions, which is the image of social work in in the wider public and how we could improve that and how we never seem to succeed in in actually showing people what we are, you know, and and not just, you know, what people say that we are. Well, I think we have to be be slightly wary of that, David, uh, because... And I think that's the picture that we have created for ourselves, that we, and certainly some parts of the media, uh, the Daily Mail, uh, the right-wing mm. press, oh, yeah. uh, and some, I have to say, the right-wing radio and television stations now, uh, mm. promulgate this um, uh, antithesis to the, the ethos of public services and of um, the ethos of uh, social work in terms of helping people who are on the margin sometimes and who are struggling. Uh we don't have great allies in parts of the, of the media. But if you ask the public at large still, uh, through surveys as is undertaken, for example, uh, every couple of years about professions and who they respect and who they trust, it's public service sectors, uh, professions within the public sector, yeah. that come out as being most valued, most respected, most trusted. It's the people... I, um, I know, it's, 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 it's paradoxical in some ways, isn't it? Well, I think people when they think about it and are asked a question and rather than just a knee-jerk response, they actually give it a little bit of thought. They think, hang on, these are really important roles. Helping children within families, helping families to care well for their children, helping disabled people to um, have a quality of life. These are important things that, uh, yep, we value and we respect the people who are out there trying to um, achieve it uh, alongside children and families and disabled people and older people. So um, when they're asked a question and they think about it, we come out better than we sometimes think for ourselves. Well, yeah, okay, which is is a positive, absolutely. I, I I still think though that we need to be, in order to influence the media, which is what we're trying to do, to actually get them to understand what we do and therefore help us. That effectively we need to be in the shop window with everybody else, and we need to be perhaps more proactive in showing all the good news and all the work, the good work that's being done, because the media does have a voracious appetite for content. And, you know, we can always put it. And the other thing, too, is, I mean, you, you, I mean you've given so many lectures and talks and everything. I mean, I've lectured to postgraduate journalists, which I thought was a good way of actually getting in before they really get cracking in their careers, you know. And I don't see why we can't sort of reach out a bit more um, and sort of try and cultivate some of the good ones. Well, Basel is doing that at the moment, for example, the British Association of Social Workers, mm-hmm. uh, with the awards for journalists um, who uh, give balanced and um, appropriate coverage in terms of really helping people to understand what social workers do and what social work is about. So well done to Basel for doing that. Yeah. But, and yeah. even when they're stories which look as though they're going to be, if you like, bad news stories, they are bad news stories. The killing mm-hmm. of a child, for example, horrific. Um, public don't want to think about it. Most of the time, social workers have to deal with it uh, within their working lives more regularly and more frequently. But even when there's a bad news story, an horrendous story out there, well, let's, grabbing, let's talk, grabbing, let's... Grabbing, grabbing, that, grabbing that opportunity to <laughs> uh, uh, speak to the media, speak to the public through the media, getting through right. two or three points about what social work is about is an opportunity we should all look to grab when we can. And more people, we should have more spokespeople, I say, rather than just keeping it to a small group. I, I really ought to think that more people should be encouraged within social work, like they do in other professions. You know, you get frontline doctors, junior doctors are chatting to people all the time. You know, I think it's difficult, I think it's difficult sometimes when you're an employee of a uh, council or an employee of a uh, voluntary organisation to do it 
without having the cover, really, of being a part of a bigger collective organisation. So that's why I think it's important well, to that me. Was permission, really. Really. Remember, a member you. of a trade union or a member of Basler, yeah. so that you actually have some cover when you're doing it. Well, yeah, okay. I mean, I'm also thinking, though, that, that it could be encouraged by if employers possibly got a grip on understanding the difference between confidentiality and secrecy. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, well I, I also think that's true. Uh, and uh, you can make you can make we can make points. Uh, you can make the comments that you want to make without having to divulge personal information about exactly. people. And there's so, so many good we, news we stories. This. We can do this. Yeah. Anyway. OK, good. Look, um, let's make sure we make use of the time as much as possible. Um, I'd love to hear a little more, if you don't mind, about the work you've just completed in the Independent Review of Children's Social Care Services in Northern Ireland. Um, how about some of the the real positives that you came across or that you actually, you know, were delighted to find, because I'm hoping that there were some of them. There were lots of them. There were lots right. of them. There were some really long serving staff who were wild workers, uh, <laughs> qualified and unqualified, who were embedded within their communities. They'd been there for 25, 30 years, serving their communities who knew what was going on. Mm. Uh, there were leaders who'd been around for a long time who knew the business and knew what, um, uh, needed to be done and what was being done uh, and there were civil servants who were fired up in terms of wanting to um, uh, push forward on policies which were going to lead to uh, improvement for children and families so there was a lot of a lot of motivation uh, mm -hmm. and a lot of experience and a lot of good examples on the ground of practice okay. but the difficulty was that it wasn't generalized it wasn't um, right across northern ireland um, it was patchy uh, and Northern Ireland is not that big. Uh, it's got a population of about 1.9 million, which mm -hmm. is not much larger than some local authorities within England, for example. Uh, geographically, it's not that big. You can get across Northern Ireland, uh, north to south, east to west, and on the diagonals. Uh, most places, just about everywhere, in two hours, and much, most places from Belfast yeah. in much less than that. So yeah. it's not that big. So it, 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 my view was, and my recommendations are about, uh, trying to get more consistency across Northern Ireland, but also trying to give more of a profile, more attention, to have more grip on what's happening for children and families within communities uh, and children's social care being beside those families, because at the moment that's somewhat lost within the arrangements in Northern Ireland with uh, social care for children, social work for children being embedded with the Health and Social Care Trust, which have got big agendas mm. about hospitals, about uh, health service waits, etc. Uh, and children's social care is a consequence of that. It's almost bound to be slightly on the margins and it needs to have attention in its own right. All right. You were talking there about the size of Northern Ireland and the, well, in some respects, you seem to imply the manageability of the, of some tasks that because it's right, you know, it's, it's a manageable size, but it sounds like there's quite a lot of challenges as well that you began to just talk about there as well. Um, do you think that um, this, what is our review that's happening of the recommendations? Is that right? Well, no, there's a consultation to be launched. Uh, right, public okay. consultation based on the recommendations, and that will, uh, as I understand it, uh, be undertaken during the autumn. Uh, but Northern Ireland does have some significant challenges, which are mm. in addition to the challenges in the other uh, UK countries or down in the Republic even. And there's the legacy of the uh, the troubles and the trauma created mm. by the troubles over so many years people having uh, uh, to live through threat and fear and bereavement. Uh, and then there's the current 
threat and fear within some communities of the um, people who were the so-called paramilitaries. Now, I'm afraid in some communities being the um, uh, very serious criminals who are offering intimidation and threat within their communities uh, uh, through the crimes that they are um, leading mm. in relation to drug trafficking, for example. And yeah. that's really serious in some communities yeah. in Northern Ireland. And then there's in Northern Ireland higher levels of poverty than you might expect compared to the rest of the UK. Mm-hmm. And the last one is there's a lack of a political executive to tackle some of the issues that need to be tackled. So there's some significant issues for Northern Ireland in addition to the rest of the UK. A really, That's a really challenging landscape, isn't it? It is, but there are people there who have the mm. motivation, the competence and the commitment and the wisdom and the expertise to be able to make change. Uh, and uh, it's going to be challenging, but it's achievable. And as you were saying just now, noticing what, what I was commenting on, Northern Ireland is not that big. It's mm. actually possible to get hold of what needs to be tackled in Northern Ireland and have a grip on it. I would not be recommending, for example, a national service for uh, children's social care across England. It's just too big, too of a diverse crowd across its mm. communities. Northern Ireland is not that big. It's, it's possible to do that in Northern Ireland. Okay, well, let's see, let's see what happens. When do you say that's happening? The autumn, yeah? That's happening. The consultation, the consultation is due and it's being planned, as I understand it, for this autumn. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that, definitely. I mean, there are some aspects of the recommendations that you made or, 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 or some of the people that you were working with in the process. I was really excited. So I like this experts by experience, the voice of the young people in care, that reference group. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were really powerful. Uh really powerful because they had great wisdom uh and competence and confidence in, in sharing that wisdom as well. It's a reference group of about twenty-three young people. They were not recruited by me, they were recruited independently by Voipic, the voice of young people in care in Northern Ireland. Uh and uh they met regularly. Uh we met we being the advisory panel had working alongside me and with me mm-hmm. and myself, met with them regularly. Uh, and they informed much of our thinking in the same way that parents were brought together by children in Northern Ireland, CINI, uh, a voluntary organisation, to um, uh, meet with me as well. Mm-hmm. So we had, mm-hmm. the voice of, we had the voice of children, young people, and we had the voice of um, parents and family carers. And alongside uh, the engagement with professionals, social workers and others who were delivering services, it was possible to build up quite a good picture, to be honest, of how things were and to receive that advice about how it needed to be changed, where it needed to be changed. Well, that's good. I mean, it's, I mean I've got to admit, I mean, and I think you're the same, I know, that it's nice hearing positives, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, about things that you're working on, things that you've worked in, people you've come across, people that you, when you realise suddenly that there are a lot of things that are actually are working, even though there's huge resource issues and so on and so forth, or even you know, the, the issue of politics as well that sort of superimposes in Northern Ireland. What do you see in terms of, what's the optimistic Ray see uh, in terms of um, the recommendations you made? Well, two, well, two things, I hope, in particular. One is, and a major recommendation, is establishing a separate uh, organisation for children's social care, statutory children's social care across Northern Ireland. Uh, because that, I think, will help to generate consistency, but it will help to give it focus, which it doesn't have at the moment, when it's somewhat lost amongst a really busy agendas, uh, being led by very good people, but overwhelmed sometimes by the big stuff that has to be tackled within health services. So, a uh, uh, separate uh, uh, organisation for children, statutory children, social care across Northern Ireland. 
recommendation okay. number right. one, one. And secondly, for that organisation, that um, uh, region-wide statutory organisation for children's social care, to be able to reset what children's social care is about. Yes, we will still be protecting children when necessary, but we're going to be hopefully uh, turning the, the ship around and um, getting back to community social work uh, and being embedded within communities and working alongside families to help them with some of the stresses and strains that are uh, at the moment uh, pulling them under. Uh, so changing the, the focus and the attention within children's social care, protecting children when necessary, but not seeing that as the uh, uh, overwhelming task. The, the overwhelming task is to help families to care well for their children. And mm. just some, some examples, and, and I see this in England, I'm frontline, for example, in England, uh, well-resourced by the government in terms of training and educating social workers, talks about educating child protection social workers. No, let's get back to children and family social work, mm. protecting children when necessary, but trying to help families to care well for their children when they're oh. going under, amongst, yeah. for example, extreme poverty. What about the... Yeah, well, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, that there needs to be a reversal in terms of emphasis and so forth. And I would add, if, if you like, or ask you if you would agree with a couple of things I'd like to add. And the, the first is the prioritisation of early years. Um, with, with I, think that, I, think that's, I think that is important. But <clears> the question is, what, what do we prioritise within it? And what we need to prioritise within it is support for families. Uh, and when I say that, and sometimes even with early years, the focus is on risk assessment and risk management uh, and the voluntary communities that get drawn into that as well. Yeah. What I want is, is more of a collective enterprise actually supporting families in caring well for their children, including young children. Okay. But a little bit like Alexis Jay's inquiry, the, this idea of a kind of a, a hiving off of a kind of like a, 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 a super child protection safeguarding unit in a sense, that seems to be mirroring a little bit of what you might be suggesting there in order to let the major group of social services and focus more, as you say, on family support, yeah? No, no, that's not my view at all. It's not my view. Oh, and, well, sorry, I misunderstood you then, Rachel. Uh, yeah, no, it's not my view. I think that um, uh, the recommendation from, from England, for example, of having the experienced social workers held back who only come in when this identification of child protection concerns mm -hmm. uh, and uh, not doing that, the um, uh, actual work with children and families uh, throughout the spectrum, I think is a mistake for two reasons. Mm -hmm. One is uh, I want social workers to be able to do social work with children and families, not just to be a, about risk assessment and risk management. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and I want them to be beside families who are in difficulty and struggling uh, and a resource alongside others for those families within communities. The second reason I would not see this as a um, sensible thing, hiving off, if you like, social work uh, as a uh, child protection activity held back for when serious concerns arise. Is that actually it will get overwhelmed. It'll get overwhelmed because, and what will happen is that other agencies, schools, health visitors, doctors, etc., uh, will have to talk up uh, the risk to children to get the involvement of social work and social workers because the only time you can get them in then is if there's a child protection concern. So you talk up the risk, the numbers will expand, and that will overwhelm the, those services. But secondly, they won't actually be helping children and families. What they'll be doing is child protection investigations, monitoring child protection plans, initiating more care proceedings to remove children from their families. 
it will just keep the tanker checking along in the direction it's going at the moment rather than reclaiming the ground we need to reclaim. Okay. Well, I mean, in, in, in many ways, the the fundamental changes that you were outlining that would need to happen there, which I'm not disagreeing with as much as just recognizing the enormity of, of what would have to happen all across the, all across the four nations, if you like. Um, well, it, it, the changes that have taken place, pushing us in a direction that we've gone in really mm. only go back about 10, 15 years. Okay. They, uh, yeah. they've been yeah. impacted by, um, uh, austerity, more families uh, struggling because of increasing poverty. They've been impacted by austerity in terms of the help which might be available for families through Sure Start, etc. Youth services having been cut dramatically. So what's been, if you like, driven over the last 10, 15 years has happened quite quickly. We ought to be able to turn this around relatively quickly as well. There to needs to be political will for that. There needs well, to be... Yeah, there, yeah. there does, and we have, to, we have to make the argument for it. But we, what we need to get back is being beside families within communities, recognising the stresses and strains they're under, and being there to help them to um, uh, both reduce those stresses and strains uh, and to um, uh, have someone beside them. I know. That's what we have to do. At the moment, we have made ourselves more remote. We've made ourselves more threatening. We're involved in monitoring and surveillance. That's something that's happened particularly in the last 15 years. Agency social work. I go back to when I finished as a social service director in 2006. No agency social workers and within my authority, my county council at that time. No, there's... This is a recent advent as well. It doesn't help us Mm -hmm. to actually do the work that we need to do. Private children's homes. And these are all, if you like, trends which now have become almost embedded. Heaven heaven forbid, Ray, that we ever get a chance to do direct work with children again, eh? Well, that's what I'm arguing for. No, uh, no, I'm, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Tongue in cheek, I was saying that. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I, I really rue the day that we kind of drifted away from that. Well, I think lots of people are still doing it. Uh, lots of people are struggling to do it. They want to be able to do it more. That's why people come into social work. And um, yet, yeah, let's try and create the um, the context and the narrative which allows okay. that to happen. Well, let's let's. I've got to stop on that point by saying there's one more question I want to ask you, and then we'll have to sort of stop the recording but i wanted to ask and you sort of had a good segue there into it about messages to to people listening either who are considering social work as a career or who are in their early days um and and kind of having to weather some of the storms that we rightly identified the media producing earlier on and everybody else could have not been terribly helpful so what messages would you like to give and a minute or so, Ray, if that's okay. Yeah, well, two or three messages, David. One is this is a really profession, important profession. Being beside people who are in difficulty, who are often marginalised and stigmatised within society, is a really uh, valuable role to have. Uh, allowed access to children and families and to disabled adults, etc., and allowed to be beside them is a privilege as well. So, um, yep, stick with it. Welcome to the profession. You have a, a really strong craft to um, uh, practice, and it's very, very valuable. Second bit is, as well as looking after yourself, look after each other. And one of our traditions is teamwork uh, and reflective supervision. And that's really important because of the stressful work that sometimes we are involved in. But at the end of the day, keep our heads high. What we're doing is very valuable, and we should respect our we should respect ourselves, even if sometimes we think we're not respected by others. But don't um. Drop our heads because 
when the public are asked, they actually do value what we do. Okay. Ray Jones, a pleasure as always. Thanks very much for your company. Many thanks, Dave. Thank you. Now, everybody, we've got another couple of uh, podcasts coming up uh, in the next couple of weeks. Uh, one with Jonathan Singer, who is Professor of Social Work at Chicago University and uh, who's also a recent president of the American Association of Suicidology. Always a pleasure talking to Jonathan. And uh, we've got John Pizzuro, too, from the organization Raven, an anti-slavery organization. And John's a hugely experienced um, law enforcement officer and now consultant, advocate, public speaker, whatever, and a font of information. So I'm looking forward to the two of them as well. So anyway, thanks again to Ray Jones for today and uh, see you soon.